You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. My name is Anna, and I am your host here on the Whole Half Podcast. This podcast is essentially a space for myself to share it all and for others to do the same. I love holding space for that. I have come through um, a history of eating disorder, um, dysfunctional home life, divorced from a toxic marriage, and I just, my whole life, I felt like I was putting on my best face and saying what everyone else around me wanted to hear. And the reason I created this podcast is because I want to give the whole half of it. My mom would always say, um, like, do you want a half of a sandwich or do you want a whole? And we would always say whole and she would respond, well, how about the whole half? And it's like, well, I think that we all deserve the whole half of everything, you know, like the entirety of what it is we're going through that's meant to be shared and um, carried with each other, not necessarily burdened alone. So that is the idea behind this podcast. If you're new here, that's why. If you've been around a while, a reminder of what this space is and why I created it. Um, I'm very grateful for it and the freedom it's given me in my speech to show up and practice really sticking to who I am and being true to to who I am. So today I'm bringing on a topic that's very close to my heart because this is work not only that I've done in my own life through my history of eating disorder and coming through a divorce and really having to revamp my life a lot of times, but it's also work that I love doing with my one-on-one clients, um, both one-on-one and in group actually. My Holy You program, my five-week course that I I lead, um, pretty much walks you through doing this type of work, but it's essentially helping you create habits that are transforming your life for the better. And we all have those areas that we we know we can do better, but we kind of avoid it because we're like, eh, well, I don't know, like maybe that habit isn't too bad and the rest of my life is okay. So I don't, I don't have to worry too much about that. Well, it's a compounding effect. One thing's add, one thing adds up to another and eventually you have like 50 things in your life that you're like, wow, I should really change all of these. But then it becomes overwhelming because you don't know where to start. Well, that's what I do um, in both one-on-one and group work. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. So really soak this one in. This is a lot of valuable information that I work with my one-on-one clients on. So you're getting it for free today. Um, I'm going to dive right in after this brief pause to share one of my favorite brands and we'll be right back. Okay, we're going to interrupt this podcast episode really quickly to talk about something that I have absolutely fallen in love with and that is carnivore crisps. I don't know about you, but beef jerky is one of my favorite snacks and even growing up, whenever my mom would bring home beef jerky, it was just one of those snacks that we all just absolutely loved. It was such a treat. However, as I've become educated in how important it is to put clean ingredients in your body, I haven't eaten beef jerky in years because it is 
very much filled with crap, especially the ones that are mainstream on the shelves at gas stations and grocery stores. That is, my hiatus with beef jerky ended when I found carnivore crisps. I don't even know where I found them. It might have been on my friend's page. I don't even remember, but I just remember swiping up and seeing their ingredients, literally two ingredients here, meat and real salt. And they make carnivore crisps, they make crumbs, they make flowers just from meat and real salt. I spent over $100 on their website that day. And ever since I've just straight fallen in love with their products. I am so thankful to be partnered with them now. Their meats are grass-fed, sustainable, American, and let me tell you, they are absolutely delicious. You don't even miss those crap ingredients that were in the beef turkeys that you ate as a kid because you feel better and it's it's still way more delicious than those other versions. So I totally suggest that you check out Carnivore Crisps. This is one of my favorite ways to get a little extra protein on scrambled eggs or you can make that breaded chicken that maybe you haven't had in a while because you try to avoid those inflammatory ingredients. They make it possible. So definitely check out Carnivore Crisps, carnivorecrisps.com. Use the code HOLY, W-H-O-L-L-Y, for 10% off your purchase. Check them out. You will not regret it. I absolutely love them. I love their mission. And if there is any brand in this world that should blow up and go crazy, it is this one because they have it going on. So check it out, carnivorecrisps.com, code HOLY, W-H-O-L-L-Y for 10% off. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, so let's dive right in here. Like I said, we're going to be talking about habit development, how to create a habit, and these top five tips that I would give anyone, any client of mine, anyone I meet on the street who says, hey, I want to start a healthy habit and I don't know where to start. These would be the top five tips that I would give that person. So number one is choose one at a time. I know that it's so tempting to want to revamp your life on Monday morning of a new week and just say, okay, I'm going to do everything perfect on this Monday morning, say it's the first of a month. It's very tempting to do that where we're just like, okay, I'm going to flip a switch and everything's going to be perfect. I know I lived in that mentality for years with my eating disorder, with so many things. Um, But that's not how it works. And that is absolutely not sustainable. And it's the surest way to overwhelm yourself and get discouraged two days in because you missed one little thing on your list. And boom, you're back to living in your habits that don't um, help you thrive and live your best life. So that is why I say one at a time. The only time I have ever advised not one at a time and maybe like two is if they're in different categories of your life. So say you are working on cutting back in your budget on, I don't know, you love buying socks. Okay. So maybe you love buying socks and then you're trying to also increase your steps per day. They're so unrelated. They're not going to really take a toll on your body at the same time in a drastic way. So that kind of goal, like I don't see a problem trying to work on those two side by side. However, I do think when we can put ourselves into one thing at a time wholeheartedly, we give it our best. So even if you are trying to split yourself across two goals like that, it doesn't mean we can't multitask, but I would encourage you to not pick something that um, 
coincides with the same category of life that you're already working in. So example, exercise and nutrition. This is a super common one and a super good example for this. If your nutrition sucks and you also are sucking at getting out and getting your steps in, I wouldn't ask you to start exercising seven days a week and eating perfectly seven days a week and expect you to do both of those things perfectly at the same time. We got to work on one thing at a time. Maybe it's, I I don't, I'm not even going to give an example of double tasking in that category because I wouldn't want you to. Um, I, I really don't think that it's a good idea to try to pile too much onto ourselves at one time. And I've, again, I've tried this. I've done it time and time again and failed time and time again. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on this area of my life and then move on. Once I feel like this is a habit and it's sustaining itself, then I'm going to add something else. So that is number one, one at a time at most one per life category. Do not try to do a million things at one time because you're going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to burn out and you're going to be discouraged and you're going to wind back up at square one and have to start again. So that would be my first tip. Second tip, identify your habit that you're trying to build and define why you're doing it. So we have to have awareness around something or else we can't do it. It's like if you're driving in your car and you have no idea where you're going, then like, why are you driving? Like, you're, (laughs) why are you in your car? Where are you going? I don't know. Then you're just going to aimlessly drive and probably get lost. And yeah, it's just not going to turn out well. Um, so that's why we want to make sure that we know where we're going. We identify our habit and we have a why behind it. I'm going to give you an example. I did the Ironman last summer. For years, I've wanted to do the Ironman. My parents have done multiple. My mom was always training for them when I was growing up. My dad did them. My sister has done so many. And the course went by our house growing up. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six times in one race. So every summer in July, this race would come to town and we would go volunteer aid stations. We'd cheer the people on late into the night. Um, As they passed our house six times through the race, we'd always get up and watch the start, especially when our family, one of the members of our family was doing it. And um, for years, I wanted to do it. And my ex was so not supportive of it. And I know that that sounds like a scapegoat. But again, think about this analogy of you're climbing a mountain, (laughs) you are feeling like you are like you know you want to get to the top but someone's walking behind you throwing rocks in your backpack every step of the way and it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier it's really hard to accomplish climbing that mountain isn't it and that's how I felt when I was in my last relationship with wanting to do the Ironman it was discouraged I was told that riding a bike was um detrimental to my reproductive system like things like that where it was like I was just going so against the current that I wasn't in a space where I had the support to do that. And support is a whole nother topic that we can talk about for another day. But when I moved home and I went through my divorce and I came out of that, I realized, hey, this goal of mine, I can do now. You know, like I have the freedom to make this choice and I always did, but 
again, I didn't have someone putting rocks in my backpack walking behind me anymore. So that was my why. This was a goal of mine that I wanted to cross that finish line because it is something that I had dreamt of my entire life since watching my mom and dad do the Ironman since I was a little girl. And I just, my dad always promised us that if we ever did our first one, he would do it with us. So my dad was out there with me and I get chills just thinking about it. It was such an emotional experience. That was my why. And if you aren't like choking back tears the way I'm doing right now, thinking about this, your why isn't strong enough. And I know that that sounds ridiculous. Like, well, Anna, I'm not going to choke up over like (laughs) wanting to clean up my diet, but why do you want to clean up your diet? Do you want to be around longer for your future family? Do you want to be able to provide better for your parents when they get older? Like seriously get down and deep with yourself because until you find that reasoning, you aren't going to have the um, the grit to fight through those tough days. And I've done so many phases of um, challenging habits and goal development, things like that, that I know all too well that those days come. And if you don't have your strong why, it's going to be really tough. And there's some other some other tips in this list that also play into that like keeping your conviction towards your goal strong. But this is why identifying your habit or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish or reach, um, identifying it and defining your why is so important. We all know intrinsic versus and extrinsic. Intrinsic is when we are doing something because of the self-satisfaction it brings, not because of the external validation it brings. So let me break that down. Self-satisfaction would be like you feel good about it. You know that you're doing something good for yourself um, or for someone else, but it's like it's internal. The reward is internal. Extrinsic would be like if (laughs) like when you were little, you did your chores so your mom would bring you to get ice cream. Like that's extrinsic getting something on the outside like a gift or a reward that's physical and tangible intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation is super um important here in this component of building a habit or developing a goal or reaching a goal um if we don't have intrinsic value in that goal for ourselves it's going to be very hard to reach if we're only relying on extrinsic extrinsic would also be people's approval people around you um it's not enough to get us through those days where we're behind closed doors and we have to make the decision whether we're going to order in takeout that we know is filled with crap that's gonna put us farther away from our goals or we're gonna get food out of the fridge and make us make ourselves a really nice meal that's nutritious and giving our body nutrients that we need rather than stripped nutrients from eating out um, in conventional nutrition. So that's number two. Identify your habit and identify your why. Define it, write it down, feel it. Like when I was explaining Iron Man, like I felt that. I felt that why and I've completed that goal yet I still feel it so don't don't let that one slip you by that's a really important step here number three tell someone you're doing it now I'm going to keep going with the Iron Man example (laughs) if you followed me through that um, time in my life you watched all of my stories you saw every single one of my bike rides I went on you saw what I was eating through it you saw my runs you saw the days that I felt like crap you saw 
my journey. And it's still, if you haven't seen that, go watch my Iron Man journey story highlights on my Instagram. I saved them all there. There's five parts. It was an entire six-month process for me to get ready for this. And if I didn't have the, the why that I did, I know I wouldn't have gotten through it. And two, if I hadn't shared it with other people holding me accountable, I don't think I would have gotten through it. It was hard on some, there were some days that I had to go run 20 or how many miles did I run? My max run that I did was 21 or 22 miles. I think it was a a lot of running. Um, And I brought Mike, my boyfriend with me, his, our friend, Matt, came with us on one of those long runs. My sister biked next to me on a lot of those runs. Um, I had to tell someone and have them help me hold myself accountable to that because it was a hefty one. And maybe your goal isn't as hefty as that, but still tell someone. And a side note on this, if you're looking for accountability, my Here We Go group, it Here We Grow group is a free accountability group. We meet once a week via Zoom. We tell each other what we're doing, what we're working on, and we tell each other how last week went and what we're looking forward to improving on this coming week. We're there to support each other whether we didn't do great last week, whether we did great, and to encourage each other into reaching our goals. So if you haven't checked out that free group that I run, here we grow. There's a Facebook group that you can join. It's completely free. You can take part in it and be held accountable. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't because every human being should grow. And I absolutely love seeing myself and others do this work together. So definitely check out Here We Grow as a as an accountability tool for yourself. If this is something, a path that you want to go down where you're like, you know what, I'm ready and I need to make these changes in my life that I know that I'm ready for. Um, now, one more point on on this, on number three, tell someone you're doing it. Um, when I was going through my eating disorder recovery, I came across this Instagram account. Her name is Hannah Durbin, and her Instagram handle, handle was Healthy Happy Hannah. I say was because she's since left Instagram. She's no longer online, and the day she announced that, of course, I was happy for her. She had gone through a lot, like a relationship ending and moving, and she was starting a new life out on the West Coast, and it was so exciting to see for her, but I was so sad to see her go because when I went through my eating disorder, she was the reason I started sharing. And if she hadn't shared her story, I don't think I ever would have recognized what was going on with me and the recovery that I needed and the recovery that I wound up going through. So that's what I mean by tell someone you're doing it. If she hadn't told the people that she told she was doing it, one, she probably wouldn't have made the progress that she did. But she touched my life in doing that. And I was one of, she had probably like 10,000 followers. I was like one of thousands that she was touching. So not only is it helping you to tell someone you're doing it, it's helping someone else. So don't hold that in. It's it's a horrible place to be in when you feel like you can't share openly. Um, when I was going through the battle with suicide that I went through when I was in college, I was suicidal my entire freshman year. Um, again, another story for another time. I've talked a little bit about that in my podcast episodes, but when I told someone who was very, very close to me, one of the, I think, two people I told for a very long time, I'm talking like years, I told, um, they told me to never 
tell anyone about it because they would perpetually judge me. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. I was suicidal and the one one of the two people I told told me to never share it with anyone because they would perpetually judge me. Isn't that horrible? I mean, that's not like a pity-seeking statement. Isn't that horrible? Like, that is not how humans were meant to move through difficult times, okay? So this tip of tell someone you're doing it, we just got really deep there. Maybe you're just like, Anna, I'm just looking to, like, drink more water, okay? But it's important that you tell someone else you're doing it. I wanted to get out of that place I was in. Guess what I started doing right after that conversation? Within six months, I started opening up to people about what I was going through. And guess what? I'm here today and I'm not even like night and day. I don't even recognize myself. So telling someone you're doing it is super important. I wanted to share that because that goes to show how important it is. It's just a a really important part of the process. Okay, number four, make it biteable. So have you ever tried to eat... (laughs) a piece of sushi that's just too big enough. It's it's just big enough that you can't take it in one bite, but it's not small enough to like take, or it's just big enough that, okay, you know what I'm trying to say. It's not small enough that you can take it in one bite, but it's too big to take it. Oh my gosh. What am I trying to say? My words. Wait. Okay. You have a piece of sushi and it's giant. Okay. It's awkwardly sized so that two bites make it feel small, but one bite is too big. Like it's too big for one bite. Okay. I think we got there. Don't worry. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm not having a heart attack. Okay. So now that we got through that horribly explained example, I hope you got that though. Um, make it biteable because if you're trying to stuff a giant piece of sushi into your mouth, it like, you're not going to be able to chew it and you're going to choke. And then you're like, that's just going to end really badly for you and everyone in the restaurant. So I would highly suggest that you make it biteable. And what I mean by this is break it down. Say, let me give you an example. Okay. You want to transition to an animal-based lifestyle since it's relevant and applicable to me. Okay. If you're like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do this full force. No, like no ifs, ands, or buts. You know what? that might be a little bit hefty of a a thing to do. Maybe you start with adding a little liver into your hamburgers that you make. Don't change anything else. And then the next week, you're going to substitute the, the sugar that you put in a recipe with honey. Bake with honey instead. Then you're going to substitute your morning... Um, your morning milkshake with a smoothie made out of some raw milk and some frozen fruit. Okay. So like things like that, where you build on it, it's biteable. You have, and this comes down to what we call smart goals. Smart stands for, oh my gosh, I hope I can get this. Smart is S specific, M measurable, A attainable, R reasonable, right? Yes. And T is timely. I'm really doubting myself on the R. I know this acronym. Wait, SMART. Specific? Measurable? Attainable? No, it's not reasonable. Silly me. It's realistic (laughs) and timely. Okay, so SMART. SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, 
realistic and timely. Okay. So we'll talk about that's like, again, another, there's so many other conversations for another day, but, um, this tip, make it biteable comes down to smart goals. Maybe you have, um, an interim goal where you want to go animal based. Well, by, I don't know, say a month from now, you're no longer eating any, um, processed carbs. Okay. You slowly work on that over the month. And then the next month you say, okay, I'm going to slowly transition my dairy to raw versions of dairy instead of the pasteurized dairy from the store. Like you find those sources. It takes time to do these things, but make those goalposts along the way um, to get there. And that's what I mean by biteable. Like don't try to take too big of a bite at one time that you can't swallow and digest. And number five plays right into that is create a plan. This is an exercise that I do in my Holy You course with everyone. Um, It's literally, it's called, I've heard it called um, reverse engineering. I've heard it called working backwards, ending where, or starting where you want to end and then working back towards where you are. Um, It really it goes by a couple different terms, but I find it helpful when we know where we want to be and then we make those biteable goalposts. But then like, what's that first step on either end of those goalposts? So say you want to be animal-based. What's that last step you're going to take before you're fully fully animal-based? Maybe it's the the one food like chocolate. Okay. You're not going to eat chocolate anymore because you realize that it's just not serving you. And then you're finally animal-based. That that last step, we define those steps on either side of the goalpost and it helps us make it more realistic than just saying like, okay, like I'm going to reach this goalpost, but like how? Like what are those steps? Define those steps. So that's what I mean by create a plan. And then all that's left to do is execute. So those are the five tips that I would give anyone. I know some of them feel hefty, but really when you break it down, they're simple. One at a time or... <laughs> Step one is one, tip one is one at a time. Only choose one at a time. Two, identify the habit and define your why. Three, tell someone you're doing it. Be accountable. Four, cut it into bite-sized goals within your goal. Like make it biteable so that you can actually feel like it's achieved, like it can be achieved rather than trying to do it all at once. And five, create the plan of how you're going to achieve those mini goals along the way on the way to your big one. Um, So those are the five top tips that I would give to someone who's trying to create a healthy habit, trying to transform a habit that they have. Some of this work is like, you can't get around it. You know, like we want to be lazy and take the easy way out. And we want someone to tell us exactly how to do what we're doing, but we've really got to put in the work. Um, if we want something, we we really do have to put in the work and there's no way around that. If you want it to last, you've got to put in the hard work. Um, so if you liked what was in this podcast, I would highly suggest you check out my Holy You program. I know I've mentioned it a couple times through this podcast, but Essentially, this work that I'm explaining is what we do together as a group. And I literally walk you through it step by step. And it might feel overwhelming to try to do on your own, but in Holy You, you don't have to. It's five weeks of working together. Um, There's group calls. There's mind-body components so that we are allowing all of this work that we're doing to calibrate well in our body and not feel overwhelming. It can be really overwhelming to start doing this work on your own. 
So I'd highly suggest you check out Holy You if this is something that resonated and you're like, wow, I really need to take these action like steps and implement them to create this healthy habit or go find that new career or make the move and finally move where I want to be near my family or near friends or where I want to be geographically. Um, it And this is applicable to all types of goals. I know I talked about exercise and nutrition a lot, but because those are applicable to me, but you can apply these tips and steps to any goal that you have, and you're going to make bounds of progress towards them. Um, in Holy You, the five weeks we recollect, which is like practicing the pause, getting aware. That's really where we, um, we, we realize where we are, and then we start looking to where we want to go. But we have to take that second to, to breathe and pause. Week two is getting clear. So that's where we would identify that habit and define our why. Simplify is, okay, what is preventing me from living out this way that I want to live? Like, where can I reallocate time? Um, prepare is essentially creating those biteable steps. <laughs> How, what are our bites? Where, where, where can we break them down? And then pursue is the execution, creating a plan and, and carrying it out. So that's an idea of what Whole You is. I do have a podcast um, a while back. I think it was in like the teens. There's a podcast with Brittany. She talks about her experience in the program. I would suggest that you check that one out. And I have some testimony on my Instagram. There's a reel about Sierra. She went from working a corporate job. She felt like a Petri dish bug in and now she's thriving. She's headed back to school to become a chiropractor. Um, She's engaged and she's just thriving. And she has shared that these things that she learned in Holy You, she implements all the time in the decisions and, and goals that she has to make and achieve. So it's a program that I see as um, an investment for your life, not just five weeks that we spend together. So definitely check that out. You can learn more at holybanana.com. Link is in the description. I hope you do. Um, We start the next program in July and there's limited spaces. It's women only and it's just a really great community to come together and grow in. So I hope that this podcast episode was helpful for you. If it was, I'd love for you to share, share in your stories, give me a tag, share what your biggest takeaway was, what tip was the most helpful, share it with a friend that might need to hear it. Um, I really love having these conversations and I know that I'm just talking and you're listening right now but I love seeing the response and the conversation going both ways so share 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 and make sure you subscribe so so that you can be the first to hear about the new episodes that come out I'm dropping one currently once a week um around Monday or Tuesday usually I'm trying to stay consistent on Mondays but sometimes Mondays get busy and um it has to be postponed till Tuesdays but for the next coming weeks um it should go live on every Monday because I'm going on vacation. So I'm scheduling some out ahead of time. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that'll have to be another podcast, how I navigate vacation, um, living, living the lifestyle that I do. If you haven't checked out the animal based lifestyle podcast episodes, a a couple back, there were a couple in a row talking about it and why I went that route. Um, Definitely do. They, I love talking about all that stuff. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was helpful. I'll see you back here next week on the next episode and be well, be your best. 
If you're not thriving, let's take that action so that you are. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Yeah.